welcome back to No Thank You Next. Hi, guys. Uh, happy 2022. I know that uh, it has been a few months of 2022. Uh, I do apologize. I had to take a break. Uh, and I'm gonna maybe continue taking a break. Uh, I am in the midst of trying to find a new daytime job. So life has been crazy, but I miss you guys so much. Uh, I miss doing the interviews so much. Over the last month or so, I was able to meet Sarah on TikTok, of course. And God, like, she is such an amazing, amazing woman. And she is such a fighter. Like, she took this shit to the court. She made sure that he paid, literally. And I am just, it's such a tragedy what happened to Sarah. But at the end of the day, she has turned this into, I don't the goals she has for other people who find themselves in a domestic violence situation is truly so empowering. So this week, I have an amazing episode for you guys. Get comfy, because here's the episode with Sarah. Um, so first, thank you so, so much for giving me your time to come and tell your story. Truly, uh, it's so weird. TikTok is such an odd platform because you really do yeah. feel like you connect with someone. Yeah. and. I'm sure you've created a community of support even on TikTok. Yeah. Um, so tell me a little about that. Like what even made you want to go on there? Like, were you a fan of TikTok before? And I, I was, I, okay. so before this, I was like a high school teacher and like all my students were on TikTok. Oh. All the time. And okay. I was like, okay. I was like, man, is this one of those like social media platforms that's just going to blow over or should you get into it? And so I had downloaded TikTok and I saw all these things that people post and I know that people use it for activism. And I was like, this would be a really cool opportunity to share my story and just like educate people about, you know, abuse and stuff like that. And so yeah. that's why I started creating videos and it's picked up a little bit of traction, which I definitely appreciate. Yeah, for sure. Um, have you found it therapeutic kind of telling your story? Yes, I it helps to like work things out, like to just talk about it and like, mm -hmm. you know, have people connect to your experiences too. And so it's yeah. beneficial for me too, for sure. Um, one thing that I've found on TikTok, which is not like in your case, your story, mm -hmm. but when it comes, one, we all have ADD. <laughs> to we all go to therapy like yeah. anytime you think you're special and you're like no I'm the only one that like twists my hair and does this and it's like yes. 30 videos that are like you have ADD and you twist your hair and you do I do this too and I'm like oh yeah it's like everything is a universal experience and it's yes. like okay so we all feel awkward when they sing happy birthday you know like all of yes <laughs> even the smallest thing you think is so like only your experience it's like yep. a video Most next days. week it's just like that yep, so exactly. oh my gosh so that must be nice too is like having people that I've come across quite a few domestic violence videos yeah. and the community out there is so supportive and yeah. helpful in helping people one not feel alone because that can feel very uh 
isolating. Like you can feel so isolated when you're trying to leave that type of situation. Right. And also like I personally went through a really bad uh, emotional abusive relationship. You watch these videos and you're very much like how, like nowadays I'm like, how can anyone judge anyone anymore? Like it can happen to literally everyone, but you just kind of feel like you're embarrassed to tell your family, your friends, you're like, how did I get myself into this? And, but it's such a, any, it literally can happen to anyone. You can think you're the smartest person in the world and they are so manipulative that literally your guards just go right down. But, um, yeah, finding that community on TikTok to feel like you're not alone has been really nice. I definitely agree. It's nice seeing other people share their stories and just like, usually when you look at the comment sections too, it's like all these like women usually who come together and they're like, Oh my God, like, you know, what can we do all that stuff? And that's really empowering to see too, that like, not only are you not alone, but like you have all these people that don't even know you that will stand behind you. And that's awesome. Totally. And even like donations, like how can we help you like get out of this? Like you can't afford an apartment. How can we help you get a down payment or something like whatever to get you out of it? It's just like, I love it. I love that TikTok is such a like, I don't know, the pandemic of course created TikTok, but like, but at the same time, I don't know. It's not just dance videos, you know, it goes so much further than that. You learn so much. I like reference it all the time. And I'm like, my God, I read, yeah, I read an an article last week. (laughs) It's just a TikTok video. (laughs) Right. It's so true. So I'm like, I learned so much, like these cooking hacks, even uh-huh. or like, you know, yes. how to spray ice off your windshield and everything. It's like, oh my God, I didn't know it's that. En- endless. Endless. Yes. Ugh, I love it so much. All right. So me too. <laughs> outside of TikTok. Um, so tell me a little about yourself. Where were you raised? How was your growing up life, like your family life? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Illinois in one of the northwest suburbs of Chicago. Mm -hmm. Um, I have a younger sister. She's two years younger than me. Um, And growing up, like, I didn't really realize it until I had, like, gone through therapy and stuff. My childhood was less than great. And that's one of the things that I, like, do appreciate about therapy is because, because of, like, everything that happened, like, with me like my whole family is in therapy and like, that's something that I'm really grateful for. And we all have like grown so much. And I'd say we're all like super close now. And I'm like, so grateful for that. Cause first of all, therapy is incredible. (laughs) And the fact that your whole family's in it, it's like, I'm fortunate because I know not everyone gets that. Literally like my mom, I like asked her to go to a therapist. She went to a hypnotist and I'm like, wrong direction. (laughs) but it's yeah. like they are so against therapy I'm like why yeah. yeah but me and my brother my brother is younger as well we both go to therapy and it has yeah. truly changed our relationship we're so much more open talking about our childhoods that type of stuff yeah, yeah. so I totally agree therapy is a game changer wow that's awesome everyone should go to therapy I mean even oh, if you don't have any duh, like big yeah. you know things that you think should drive you to therapy I swear everyone should be in therapy. And if you're not in therapy, like what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) What are you running from? What's going on? (laughs) Right. (laughs) But truly, like you may think you have nothing, but you will find you have something in therapy. Oh my gosh. Even just talking about the stresses of work and stuff. It's like you talk about anything. 
Yes. Yes. Everyday life. Like, yeah. Every yeah. day I have something new to talk to my therapist about. It yeah. has nothing to do with childhood 99% of the time. Yeah. It's just like random. Like sometimes work takes the whole time or like whatever's going on, like the pandemic and stuff. It's like, oh my God, there's so much. Yes, totally. What's your past dating life like? Like when, what type of, like, what's your track history? So I didn't date in high school. I only started dating really in college. And then even that, it wasn't like serious boyfriends. They were people like, you know, when you look back and you're like, oh my God, like I'm like embarrassed by like, yes, who I dated or whatever. And so I, after college, I dated somebody for four years and it was a long distance relationship for three of those years while he was in the military. Okay. And then we moved in together and then we were together for like nine months or so. And then I ended things because I was like, this is just not it for me. And after that, I dated like a couple of guys over the next few months, just because I was like four years of a relationship. Like I missed a lot of the world. Like what are other guys like? Mm -hmm. And then after that is when I met Matt, who was my abuser. And since then I have not dated, but I'm starting to work on that in therapy. So it's like coming. I'm like, finally at that point where I'm ready to talk about it. Okay. Which is like exciting. <laughs> yeah, that is awesome. Okay. Um, okay. Well, and on that high note, because I'm excited yes. for you. Um, yes. Okay. So you dated someone for four years can totally relate to that. I definitely did the exact same thing and I did not date in high school. So that yeah. was like such an easy transition to do that. Like phone emotional relationship for a very long time so but good for you for getting out of that because I do feel like when you have an emotional connection to someone it is so much stronger than physical and you like were like no thank you so yeah awesome especially after like four years in a relationship like there's that yeah like having so much invested um, yes you you don't want to like leave it because you're so invested and it's hard. I mean, you start building a life together, but it's like, is this what I want my entire life to be? And if the answer is no, it's like, well, you gotta end it. Yeah, I know. Totally. Totally. Yeah. I actually heard, um, I was listening to, are you a fan of Chelsea Handler? Yes. Okay. Uh, she had a relationship therapist on to her podcast And something that really struck me was this girl called in and she had been in a relationship for like four or five years with this guy and it wasn't going well. And she based, the therapist was like, is it better? Like, I understand you're like, think of it this way. You're starving, you're a starving person and you're getting little, little crumbs and you're afraid that you may not get the buffet if you leave. You may get nothing yeah. when you leave. So you're just like eating those little crumbs, hoping for the best that you survive. And the reality is you can leave and get a buffet. And it was yeah. like, wow. Cause that yeah. is truly like, you are just like, just eating little emotional crumbs, like trying to get through it. But realistically, like that choice to leave after investing so much time, you think you can fix it. You think you can do all that stuff. And it's like, maybe, I don't know. I see all these TikToks too, where it's like left the worst guy ever. And the next day I met my love. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You're like one, it's like, you're not the rule. You're like, you're the exception. Exception. Yeah. Yeah, but, it's like great for you, but <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, uh, 
<laughs> so right. where are they? <laughs> right. By that, yeah. Where? <laughs> right. um, but yeah, truly, like, yeah, exactly what you said. Like being, spending that much time in a relationship is like, sometimes a lot of people stay. So yeah. good for you. I'm, that's awesome that you made that choice. Um, so how long yeah. were you single in between your, that relationship and your abusive relationship? Uh, we, I broke up with a four-year relationship in January and then in April, the abusive relationship started. So it was just like a few months. Wow. Okay. So very close, very close. Um, was your four-year relationship at all, like emotionally abusive or any type like that? Or was it just like, I would say I was probably more of the abusive one in that relationship. Oh, okay. Interesting. I don't like, I don't know if I was like necessarily abusive. I was probably toxic. I think the relationship was toxic. Got it. Um, I've learned a lot of stuff, you know, like with family and like characteristics that you take on and like that you mm-hmm. develop from like what you learned growing up, which yeah. thank goodness for therapy to work through that. So you don't have to <laughs> totally. repeat those patterns. But no, I've like talked with my therapist and we were like, I've never seen what a healthy relationship looks like. And so it made sense that I, you know, if you repeat those patterns. Totally. Totally. It's so hard, man. Like as an adult, like to work through. It's so hard. Like as odd as it is, like in my current relationship, like he's a bit older than me. So I feel like we're on a maturity level of the same. And, um, it's like the stuff that he points out that now I'm working through in therapy of like, Hey, you're really defensive. And I'm like, Oh yeah, my dad's really defensive. Okay. I can like a to B it. And it's like, how do I stop? (laughs) Yeah. But it's just like, it's like, I know that this exists, but like working through it, it's like, this is so hard. It's so hard to unravel all the things you learned, like as a child, watching your parents as like, just watching your parent be themselves and like, you take on that trait and it is, it's like, it's so much work. (laughs) Yeah. I just saw something. I posted it on my Instagram story today because I follow like childhood trauma, like, you know, like accounts on Instagram and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And it was saying like, you spend so much of your life like with these like unhealthy coping mechanisms because of like childhood trauma and everything and like you're just now starting to heal from it so like give yourself grace because like the amount of time that like the toxic is there versus like just now starting to heal like give yourself grace and I'm like oh yeah like thank you for saying that Instagram person yeah (laughs) yeah because it's like you discover it and you like want it to be gone in 24 hours but it is like years of work to try 20 something years yes yes and then like your family still exists too so like you know you revert to your family dynamics and it's like oh my god every time you're around your family it's like you're a child again they're like treating you like a kid those buttons are still there yes god yeah totally so crazy like with this like thank god for therapy and psychology to understand it so we can you know improve a little bit (laughs) Totally, totally. Um, have you been reading any books? Like, do you are you just doing therapy? I'm just doing therapy. Um, I have had a couple books. Like, my old therapist gave me like a book about EMDR, which I had started but I haven't finished. What is um, that? And then it was oh my gosh, I forget what it's called. Oh, it's an acronym. It okay, that's okay. But, 
but it's something about EMDR and like just the art of it, which is, it's like, you know, for trauma therapy and how to reprocess okay. the trauma. Got it. And so it's, I mean, it's really cool to, to read about that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So your relationship, was this before the pandemic or during the pandemic? It was before the pandemic. It ended like okay. January of 2020 and then March 2020 is when the pandemic started. Got it. Okay. So how did you guys meet? We met on Bumble. Bumble? I, what that's the what, fuck? That's what my whole thing was too. Cause I was like, Bumble, I had never used it before. Cause right. You know, out of a four year relationship. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I heard Bumble is like empowering for women. Like, yes. you get to do this. And then he like totally took advantage of that. And I was like, this sucks. Like Bumble was supposed to be like for empowering women. Yes. Like Tinder, they're like the frat bros of online dating. Like you're like, right. I know why I'm here. But Bumble right. is so like, I feel like they cultivated such a feminist, like, imp- yeah, like you said, empowerment yeah. that it's like, what the fuck? Have right. you like, have you reached out to them? Have they said anything? I have actually. So right after I like escaped in July of 2020, I contacted Bumble and I was like, Hey, like he's on your app. And they were like, okay, we're banning him forever. And I was like, that's awesome. Then like a couple months ago, one of my followers contacted me and was like, you know, he's still on Bumble. Right. And so I like messaged Bumble and I was like, they didn't respond to my email right away. And then I messaged them on Twitter and I was like, what are you going to do? Because he's still on your app. Yeah. And on Twitter, they were like, we're so sorry. We're banning his account. We're going to bring it up to IT. And then they sent me an email, like five paragraphs. And it was super nice saying, oh, good. we're so sorry. They're like, you can't imagine how this made you feel. It's like yeah. upsetting that he was able to get back on. They were like, we located his account. Um, we banned it. And then we're bringing it up to like IT to prevent him from like making accounts in the future too yeah and I, I actually just responded like an hour ago and I was like thank you oh, for that. Wow. I was like that is so I was like thank you for being like caring and like your yeah. response to me and like acknowledging how this would feel to know that like this abusers are on your app and yeah. so I did appreciate that bumble you know is taking these steps and I hope yeah that it does something yeah it's not just a generic like sorry <laughs> like it's like right. no we really care I'm so sorry wow. right I mean it makes their app look bad like you said like, yes. app and everything yes oh my gosh that's so good to hear that they kind of like rectified the situation because yes. it's so messed up right wow. wow okay so you met on Bumble um did you have a lot of dates on Bumble or was this like a one in you guys started dating I think it was like this was like only this maybe the second guy I had met off of Bumble. Oh, like okay. I didn't I didn't like meet or talk to many guys. And okay. yeah, it was brand new. Okay. How like how was the beginning? Was he like love bombing? Like did you feel like there was a connection initially and he really was able to hide a lot of his true personality? Kind of like I knew he was weird. I had weird oh. like vibes from him. Okay. Um, but then he was also like presenting as like really great and like he would do like you said like the love bombing stuff and mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. I was kind of like, you know, we have both, but maybe he really is a great guy and you know mm-hmm. the weird stuff can maybe be explained. Um, also have worked through that therapy. But like that kind of, that was like the mentality about like. Well, he's presenting like some weird things, but also like some good things. So it's like, 
maybe I'll lean towards the good stuff and cross my fingers. Yeah. I do feel like when we meet guys or anyone really in general, like when you initially meet, you kind of like, you ignore those red flags because you're like, you don't know them. Maybe it's like something weird, like something else outweighs the other. And it's like, Oh, but they're really sweet here. Like, like you start to justify the weird stuff. Yes, completely. And to be completely honest, like you hadn't dated a ton, like you had nothing really to compare it to. Right. So that's truly like such an easy, like thing for you to just chalk up to. Yeah. Okay. So how was your dating? Like, how was it initially? Like, did you guys, uh, like how was the relationship initially? It was, already like within the first like week before we even met in person like he was starting to abuse me already and wow what it was like like the love bombing and then he would say things like I'm really gonna kill myself if you tell anyone that I want to kill myself or I'm gonna kill myself (sighs) if you leave me and you know all that kind of stuff and he was like you know actually I really have some good feelings about you so maybe I won't kill myself that was like a lot of pressure. Oh my God. Yes. Oh my goodness. Like, what is it? Like you hear so often that these abusers use killing themselves as a form of control. Yes. And it is so like, it's so fucked up. Like, do they read a fucking manual? Like, why is this like second nature for them to do that? Like, like, I just never, first of all, and maybe that's like a guy versus girl thing or maybe like abuser versus whatever, but I feel like a lot of times when people are depressed and like suicidal and thinking about this stuff, they internalize it and they don't express it to the world unless yeah, yeah. they cry for help. Mm, but yes. like to say, hey, you're the only reason I'm not going to kill myself. I feel like, I mean, I was depressed as like more than anything after all this happened and I never told anyone like, Hey, I want to die or yeah. like my psychiatrist, but like, yeah, you don't tell Different. anyone like, oh, you're the only. You just met, like, right? Like, like I a mean, true a sociopath, truly. But of course, like with therapy and stuff, you know these are red flags. But in the moment, it feels so serious. I'm sure. Yes. Yeah. And it feels so like also, which is like because I did have an ex do the same exact thing and then he would turn his phone off and then be gone for a while. I'd hysterically cry. I'd be really worried. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, what's really interesting is I didn't see that relationship as emotional abuse till years later. Yeah. Like it was so minute and so like, uh, well hidden. Yes that I didn't actually realize till later, but, um, gosh, what was I going to say? But also, which is kind of like an odd thing that I think that I went through was he's telling me in this and I'm important to him. And yes. like, I feel important. Yes. And, and it's feel- so messed up, but it's true. It's like the psychology behind it. Uh-huh. Like you all of a sudden feel a sense of, uh, responsibility, a sense yeah. of it's so, and as women we're caretakers, yes. so we immediately want to help solve and make that person feel better. Yes. God. It's awful. I remember like when I was talking to the police about it, 
They were uh-huh. like, she sat me down. She looked me in the eye. She was like, you need to understand you are not responsible for what he does. If he kills himself, that is a hundred percent about him. That is nothing about you. She was like, yes. you need to understand that. And mm-hmm. I was like, just talking about this with my therapist the other day about like how he was threatening to kill himself. And she was like, that's ridiculous. She was like, you need to understand that. Like, again, that's not on you. And like, no sane or healthy person will ever say that. And I'm yes. like, well, yeah, I'm like in hindsight, for sure. I now know that. Of course. But when you're alone and like, you're just meeting this person. I'm like, I wouldn't even know how to like report this if it was a thing, you know? Yeah. How would you, you just like, it's almost like, I just want a welfare check or something. Like, what would right. you even like say? It doesn't right. seem like in the moment, it doesn't feel like abuse. Right. It's, it's just like this guy has mental health issues and it's like, yes. okay, most of us do. I mean, it was manipulative, but yes, but really hard, really easy to hide. Really easy yes. to like, um, okay. So that was before you even met yeah. wild. So yeah. you go out, did you guys live in the same area? No, he lived about 45 minutes south of me. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So kind of far. How did your first date go? It was very like also love bombing. Like he came to my apartment um, and he got there like an hour early and like he had told me he was going to be there at like nine at like 745. He calls me. He's like, okay, I'm here. And I like just gotten out of the shower, my hair still wet. And I'm like, oh my God, like wait. And then I hurried up and then met him at the door and he was all, oh my God, I'm so nervous to meet you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Like you make me nervous, you know, like, all that stuff to kind of like get you. Like, yeah. You and in. You're, yeah. Cause you feel like, Ooh, I want to make him feel comfortable. No, like. Right. And also like, oh my gosh, like I make him yeah, feel nervous. Flattered, you know? um, yeah. But then like, as soon as he got to my apartment within like five minutes, he was like asking me like what my insecurities are. He was like, what are your insecurities? And like, pointing at you know like me my stomach and everything because I was like "Eh," you know and he was like well I need to know what your insecurities are to make you feel loved and I was like that was super weird that he was doing that within like minutes of us meeting yeah but also like you know now like it's like what can I like exploit (laughs) like right right how old were you when you met him 26 26 okay Yeah, yeah I do feel like uh I feel like my twenties were one. I didn't date in high school either. I dated in college and then I dated someone long. Like it was very similar. And I feel like my lack of um, experience made me like super, I ignored so many red flags with a lot of people, but also like everything flattered me (laughs) because it was male attention. Like any form of male attention really flattered me. So I can totally see myself in your shoes and just being like this, whatever, like maybe this is normal. Maybe like, of course, in hindsight, you're just like, this is so weird, but in the moment you're in face to face too. Like, you're not just going right. to like, if it's a text message, you can easily just avoid that answer, yeah. but face to face, you're not going to be like, so anyways, like, yeah. Right. So he had like cornered you. Yes. Okay. So the first date, did he like stay the night? Did he over like step anything? He didn't. He definitely did coerce me to be like, to have sex with him. And okay. 
I like looking back, I'm like, I would classify that as like sexual assault because like he was not honest with me about anything. Like he was pressuring Mm. me. He said he hadn't been with anyone in 10 years. He'd only been with two other women. He said, you know, he for sure didn't have any STDs. He said he was allergic to latex, therefore couldn't use like a condom. And he said, because he had been like abused and like raped growing up that he was unable to have children. So I didn't have to worry about any of this stuff. And I'm like, none of that obviously is true. And I'm like, I, you know, you don't consent to the real truth when you're, when they're lying to you about all that stuff. Gosh. Yeah, of course. It's not like you're gonna, yeah. Question anything. You're not gonna, you're, you're hoping this person is truthful. Right. And to lie about something so that other people have actually like dealt with right is so evil right wow okay so that's yeah that's terrible and do you feel like you kind of after having sex got emotionally attached more so it was for sure well so he had also abused me and manipulated me into like like or like the concept of orgasming was like a thing that he abused me about because like the first like couple times I didn't and he brought it to because you're not like you know having this moment whatever like I feel worthless this is why I want to kill myself you know you don't love me you don't care about me all this stuff you know this makes me feel horrible about myself and I'm like that is stuff like I honestly have not even touched in therapy yet because I'm like that is super intense (laughs) like I mean the layers control right yeah like the layers of like the manipulation that it's like almost your fault but like he's kind of blaming himself but right it's like so twisted like the point of I'm gonna kill myself if you don't do this that like associated with sex probably like is so deeply yeah. traumatizing. Yes, totally. Oh yeah. God, I'm so sorry. That's so terrible. Yeah. Um, something that I read about, or maybe I watched in your videos, something you guys bonded over was that you guys both loved animals and you both right. had dogs. So since he lived far away, what, how did the relationship go was, did he live on his own? No. So what he had told me is that he had a house down in Midlothian, Illinois, and that his sister lived with him because she had mm-hmm. just gotten out of an abusive relationship. Mm-hmm. And their uncle stayed with them sometimes. I have since learned through the police that that was like his girlfriend who was living with him. Um, she's like just as like messed up as him. Um, I think it was like her uncle, but like throughout the 10 weeks that I was with him, Mm -hmm. he would make comments about like, is it weird that my sister sleeps on my side of the bed while I'm gone? I'm like, what do you mean my side of the bed? (laughs) Like, what are you sharing a bed with your sister? Oh my God. Like when I had gone to his house a few times, like there was only one like bedroom really in the house. Like there was one for the uncle and there was like the master bedroom. Oh, so you actually went. Yeah, I was at his house a few times and I was like, where, like, where's the sister sleep? And then he would talk about how he slept naked. And I'm like, but you're talking about sharing a bed with your sister. Like you were so. Why like allow these little truths? Like it was like creepy. Yeah. He told me like that 
his sister really liked the bras that she got from Amazon. And so he wanted me to buy the same bras as his no. sister. I no. I mean, so I stuff, it's like, that's just weird. Like, what was this? <laughs> yeah. I'm like, oh my first goodness. Of all, I'm a lot, I don't even talk to my sister about what kind of bras we wear. Like, <laughs> yeah. So like, ew. <laughs> what the fuck? Right? Oh my God. Um, That's so Okay, so here's a question that I have then. Did you have like a good friend group during this time? Or did you have like, do you talk to your sister? Did you have anyone that you like kind of were like, this is really weird. I mean, I can see myself not even telling that story to a friend because you don't want them to be like, that's fucking weird. But also you kind of want to tell someone because it's like, I just need to bounce this off of someone. Am I like, right like this is so weird I after I like got out of it like yes I did that with everyone like we wrote everything out of him but during during the experience like no because he had isolated me from everybody okay but like afterwards afterwards we just like it's really therapeutic to roast him like honestly like we did you know and like talk about this stuff that's weird as fuck like that's yes yes totally yeah Okay. So that was my other question was, did he isolate you? Like, did he make sure that you had no support so that you kind of leaned on him? Okay. All right. Everyone from my therapist, my friends, my family, like you had a therapist at the time too. Yeah. And he like, he told me it was cheating to have a therapist and talk about our problems or whatever. And so he made me stop seeing her. Oh, so you did stop. You didn't just were like, I'm just talking about work or anything like that yeah well because yeah he made me and I had like talked to her a couple times before he made me you know and I was like hey like you know he says he's had this horrible childhood like can he be normal and my therapist was like yeah like people can be normal and like she totally didn't know but in hindsight it's like 90% of the time I think people that have those backgrounds or whatever it was like they're not healthy or normal you know because a lot of times right and a lot Mm -hmm. of times you know, like people, like he's using it to manipulate others. And so, yeah. 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 Wow. So did you go back to the same therapist after everything? I didn't because I switched to a new therapist that specializes in trauma and domestic abuse. Okay. I'm just curious if she was like, what the fuck happened? Like, I know. Yeah. <laughs> just I give her a, to, like, a quick email. Articles. I know. Just FYI, you didn't do anything wrong. <laughs> but like, this is what happened. <laughs> like, oh Gosh. my God. Yeah. Um, okay. So that probably was way better than like a family therapist type situation. Yes um wow so he even isolated you from a therapist like literally every form of like could have been like hey girl like this is a yeah. red flag like he knew what he was doing yeah co-workers and everything I wasn't allowed to talk oh, to co-workers wow. except for work like and usually in his presence I was only allowed to talk to anybody else like he would ask me like can't take my phone and check it but like if I was ever on it he would ask me like what I was saying or like what they said or what we were talking about and mm. like just you know super controlling yeah did you find yourself starting to like omit information or were you incredibly like honest still as a person um I think I was mostly honest I mean there were some things like when I was planning my escape and everything that I didn't obviously tell mm. him of course of um course. But he had said that, like, he was tracking everything I did. Like, his dad was, like, this big U.S. Marshal who was tracking everything. Could read my oh, text. so s- 
scare tactics. So I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to lie because if you yeah. know that I'm lying, then you're threatening to kill my parents. And like, Ugh. I'm not going to risk that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Jeez. That's so interesting. Um, I just, which you shouldn't watch this is probably incredibly triggering, but mm-hmm. there's a new documentary on Netflix called the puppet master. Oh, I just saw, I, mean, I haven't seen it, but I saw it on Netflix briefly basically this guy is like a con artist but he conned a group of college students for 10 years saying that he was in the fbi or something but basically exactly like that he was like if you do anything i'm tracking you they're following you they're doing everything so this poor woman like eventually like just was like yeah okay i'm not gonna lie i'm gonna do everything you say because i don't want my family to die i don't want right it's just like the, it's so crazy. Like, yes, but it works because they know to use your loved ones to get you to do whatever. Yes. He had told <laughs> me, he was like, I will never hurt you. He was like, I will go after the ones that you love and that's how I'll hurt you. Oh God. Sick. 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 Yeah. Since he, so that's crazy that he let you go to where he lives, but I'm assuming you spent a lot of time at your apartment then. Yes. So how often do you guys see each other? Like it was like almost daily. So he like m- at least a couple times a week in person, but then like he would make me video chat him on Snapchat, like all like for the entire day. Like, and I was a teacher. This was like at the start of the pandemic. So I'm like teaching on my computer at home, you know, Zoom with my students. Yeah. And like he would like make me stay, like have my phone, like still recording and like be propped up like behind the computer. So he can kind of like see what was going on. Yeah. Cause you're an honest person. So you like really want to prove like, I have nothing to hide. Right. <sighs> and so like, we would literally speak the entire day from like 6am until like 6pm when he got off of work. What did he do that allowed him to be like this controlling? So he had told me that he was this critical care medic who was number three ranking in the country and like save lives and all this stuff. Turns out he was um, like a Medicar driver. So he worked for a private ambulance company and all he did was like transport people from like bi- dialysis to their like residential facilities and then like back. And that was like the extent of it. So like number three driver in the city, like not number three in the country, not, anything. Right, not even that, like <laughs> he, I mean, sucks, but like... <laughs> He was like, people would call him like a medical Uber. And that's like, right. <laughs> that's, that's literally it. all he was. Like his, maybe his right. ambulance was number three in the fleet, but that's it. And that's it. Right. <laughs> like, wow. I mean, it's so interesting. You see like abusers that lie. Usually it's like, I was in the military. I Oh, he was... said that one too. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, he had been in the military. Yeah. Was he? Did you find out if he ever was? No, I'm fairly certain he wasn't because during the time that he was supposedly in the military, he had actually been in jail. And so I don't oh, think he would have been doesn't, in the military. Doesn't time out <laughs> correctly. Yeah, um, off, buddy. <laughs> um, yeah, it's always like, why they always have to be like secret agents of some sort. Yeah. They always have to be in the military. It's always it's that position like, of like authority and respect. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah. like the her- hero- heroic like attributes of that that give them credibility of being a good person or something. It's too. like this fantasy they create for themselves because they know they are nothing. And so they create this fantasy world because yes. they're just, they are nothing in reality. 
I just wonder like where they fucking get these ideas that all of them do something so similar. I know. It's like, is there like a manipulator, like a user handbook that like, like they found on the black yeah. market or is this just like a weird <laughs> a Reddit like, post? Know to do? Right. <laughs> yeah. Like are they all on Reddit and the one post like, and also the other thing that I always see. Okay. So I'm obsessed with the show catfish, like okay. absolutely obsessed. And yes. every single catfish always gets cancer. Like they always, at some point, someone yeah, in their family yeah, gets yeah, cancer, yeah. they get yep. cancer. And it's like a way to bring the person back in. Yeah. But it's like, why? <laughs> like, right. Why? Always an illness, but it's usually cancer. And it's like, like, I just would be so nervous. Like, because first of all, I'm a horrible liar. And I, I don't lie totally. to people because I'm like honest. But I'm like, if you lie, I would be so nervous about someone finding out and being like, what the hell? Like, yes, I I just wouldn't have it in me to do that. Yeah. You bump into someone on the street and they're like, hey, Cameron. And then he's like, uh, uh, you like, no, that's David. And it's like, (laughs) no, that's, um, that's someone else. You're confused. Like, what the fuck? Like, so crazy. These people are like the audacity. They live, they live off audacity. (laughs) And it's like, there's so many strings. Like, how do you possibly like keep track of like everything that you have going on? Like your real yes. life versus like all the lies you have going on. Yes. It's like it's a lot. How do you keep it straight? Like, right. Why? Like so wild. Wow. Yeah. Um. Okay. So he was an Uber basically. That's what we'll say he was. Yeah. And so that's how he had time. Like, was anyone else in the truck with him? Like that he was able to like, just literally like be with you all the time, like via phone. He would, he would have patients in the car with him that he would like transport and he would just like be talking to them. And like, I would just, you just be to there conversations as like, I was listening. Yeah. That's so. And like towards the end, he had me like driving around in my car, following his little like ambulance thing. Like, no. I to like follow the patients and everything yeah wow like, all day he just made me drive around following his ambulance were you like, not working yeah. was it like during that a was, break or something that was when it started because you know being a teacher so that was in june towards the end of everything but okay. i was so summer, summer. Break by that point yeah got it so he's like now what are you doing right. why not follow me around waste gas and mileage right how did the relationship go from there? Like, so had anyone met him? Did you meet friends? I know during COVID, it really made us all isolated. He met my parents like briefly oh. a couple times. And then okay. my parents did not like, like my mom was onto him, like from the beginning and like oh, he knew wow. it and like mm. he hated my mom for it. And so on my mm. birthday, which is like a week before I finally escaped him, Oh, he, okay. like we had a lunch together, like at my apartment, it was me, him and my parents. And like, my mom was like drilling him about all these questions and like catching him in these lies. And he was so upset about it. Wow. Yeah. So when did like, it start to get incredibly like, like when were the red flags? I mean, of course there's these weird things that were happening in the beginning, the controlling, mm-hmm. um, when did you start to kind of like turn and be like, okay, this isn't, you know, Okay. Uh, a week and a half and us like knowing each other it was right away because he had said that you know he was talking about his dad as this big U.S. marshal who was going to track everything I did and like Uh would and he said that he had an ex who had like fucked him over and so he had her entire family disappear and no one has seen them since so her mom brothers her no one's heard of them since 
And that's he said, terrifying. so he was like, so he was like, so that's what happens to people who fuck me over. So don't fuck me over. And I got the message right then a week and a half into us knowing each other that I wasn't safe and that my family wasn't safe. Oh my God. Um, so how, what kept you, like what kept you going in that relationship? Uh, the idea of saving my parents, because I knew oh. like if I, if I left or anything that like my parents or my family wasn't safe, Got you know? It. And so I did everything. It was just like a constant, like it was 10 weeks of just like survival. Oh my God. God. That's so scary. Yeah. That- that would keep me too. That's so terrible. Like, so ah, like, yeah, I know. Like maddening. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay. So this part, the absolute terrible, like part. Um, Mm. so when did he start abusing your dogs? He started getting rough with Kirby like right away. And I, um, I like started separating Kirby. I think like the first or second time that I like had him over to my apartment because I was like, they're just not safe together because I was like, Matt is rough with him. You know, he had this German shepherd named Zip that he would bring with him everywhere. Zip would attack Kirby. He would make Zip attack Kirby and stuff. And so I started, you know, trying to separate them. And then, you know, on May 4th, when he killed my dog, Daisy, mm-hmm. and I... Like, I didn't know for sure until eight months later that he was the one who killed her. It was very suspicious. Okay. Um, But I didn't know because I had never, Daisy was 13 months old. I had never experienced a dog that like got sick and died quickly like that. Yeah. And, and afterwards, like it was awful. Like he was so like, like I, I think he killed Daisy to make me more reliant on him. Mm, yeah because he kind of swooped and it was like my knight in shining armor who was like horrifically <sighs> abusing me because like the day after yeah. he killed daisy i had told my ex of four years that daisy had died because we had gotten daisy together and he was like oh. so devoted to her and so oh. i let him know and matt my abuser was mm-hmm. like did you tell your ex and i was like well yeah and he was so upset he was like that's cheating on me and he was like feigning having a heart attack legitimately and he was like <laughs> I know he was like, my dad saw your texts. My dad wanted to come over and beat your ass, but I told him not to because I wanted to talk to you first. Like all of this for telling my ex that Daisy had died. And that was like cheating on him. Like while you're in the middle of loss and grieving. That's, that's like one of the big things I've worked through in therapy is like, I feel like I have intense grief for Daisy, especially. And I'm like, I don't think I was able to process it. Because no. the next day he was abusing me. Two days later, he was abusing Kirby. All this stuff, like, it was just survival, abuse, yeah. and everything. And so I didn't mm-hmm. really get to process, like, the grief and the tremendous loss. And then learning what happened to her, like, reopened all this new stuff about grief. And it was just been, like, yeah. a roller coaster. It sucked. Yeah, totally. Like, you never had a moment to actually be vulnerable and open. It was just constantly guard up, guard up. Yeah. Wow. Gosh. Okay. So that was under suspicious circumstances, but yes. um Kirby was not. Kirby for sure. I mean, I saw like all of it that he did to Kirby. You know, it was like this ongoing thing. And so like he would give Kirby baths and like would abuse him in the bath and everything. And so then he killed Daisy on um Monday. 
And then on Friday, I sent Kirby to live with my parents because I was like, Kirby's not safe here. I told yeah. my parents, I was like, Kirby's depressed, you know, without Daisy, like he should be with you. But really it was mm. because Kirby wasn't safe being around Matt. Oh yeah. Yeah. And so I sent Kirby to live with my parents and he was there for about five or six weeks before Matt like eventually killed him. Um, but during those so, five or six weeks, like he was recovering and he was safe with my parents. So how, what, how did he get back to you? Matt, you know, like I had to obey him because that was the abuse and everything. And if yeah. I didn't, like he was going to kill my parents. And so he told me to bring Kirby to his house on Tuesday, June 23rd and said, um, we'll get him some exercise because he's not getting exercise at your parents' house. And that was obviously just the facade to get there. And he like for 14 hours that day, he abused Kirby and just like tremendously like horrific things. And I remember like we took Kirby to three vets that day, which I had to beg him to let me do. After the first vet, um, he took us back to this forest, forest reserve where he had made me park my car because the idea was I would take Kirby to an emergency vet by where I live for like for real medical care. Mm -hmm. And I remember like Matt drove us past my car and I was like, we just had this realization about like Kirby is dying. Like, why are you driving me past my car? And then he took us to a field and continued like physically abusing Kirby. And that was the moment that like he broke the bond between us, like the trauma bond that we had, like, I felt that moment. And I was like, I mean, that was like a moment that I'm really grateful for to be able to be like, I understand what's happening is horrible. And now I can like think about like what I'm going to do about this. Mm -hmm. And so he, you know, he ended up killing Kirby that day because of all the injuries that Kirby sustained from the abuse. And, you know, Kirby mm -hmm. died in my arms which is also something I'm really grateful for because Matt didn't let me near Kirby at all that day. And the one moment that Kirby was with me where he was safe in my arms, I knew he felt like he was at home and he was safe to be able to pass away the transition from like this world into what I say is the next one. And I'm, yeah. I'm forever grateful for that, for that moment. And, you know, my parents, the vet, like that we took him to like knew something was wrong. And so my dad got the police involved that next day was that Wednesday, June 24th. And I began planning my escape and I was like, I know I have to get out. And so I started really planning it. Mm -hmm. um, and then Matt like had plans to be over at my house on Wednesday, June 24th and Thursday, June 25th, Friday, June 26th, I was supposed to go down to his house. And so I understood he has to come to my house on Wednesday and Thursday because there's no way I can tell him no, because he'll suspect something's up. It's mm -hmm. easier for me not to go down to his house. Mm -hmm. And so that Wednesday night, I wrote a letter to my parents saying everything you think is true. It's not safe. I need to figure out if this is true or not before I I'm honest and I can escape and everything. And I was literally going to drop it off on the grocery, um, a, a shelf at a grocery store because he was saying that he was tracking my car my parents car and everything oh, and yeah. I was like it's less suspicious if we're at a grocery store but as soon as I finished writing the letter he called me and he was angry that I hadn't been texting him and so I got spooked and I was like I know it's not safe for me to escape this night but then the next day I did and that was like the most empowering day of my life because I woke up super early 
I started packing my bags with like little things that like he wouldn't notice were missing, like little mini bottles of shampoo and stuff. I would put my bag away in my closet so he wouldn't know. He spent the day with me. He had no idea what I was planning. And that was so empowering to me to know, like, I have my bags packed in the next room and he has no idea. And then as soon as he left, I got in my car and went to my parents' house and we fled town the next day. And that was like the most important, like empowering moment just to just like, I finally like had control, like power over him and he didn't know. Yeah, totally. Wow. So when you went to your parents, they never got the, you didn't send them the letter, right? Right. So you told them everything in person? I did. Yeah. So when I was driving to their house after, like, as I was escaping, I called my dad and I was like, are you and mom home? And he was like, yeah. Cause at this point, like they knew something was up. But right. They, Cause your birthday was, was right before, right. All of that. Right. right. And they knew like I had been acting really weird and different and like distant from them, obviously. And mm-hmm. so he was like, super like, like you could tell, like he was afraid, like, is Matt with you? Like what's going on? Oh, uh-huh. and I was just like, are you guys home? And he said, yeah. And I said, can you put the car on the street instead of the driveway? So I could like put my car in the driveway and hide it. Cause I said, I'll be there in two minutes. And he said, okay. So I like pulled into their driveway and I walked inside and like, you could just feel the tension in the air because they like, they didn't know what was going on. Why was I there? Was I alone? And I had my bags packed and they were like, what's going on? And I said, you know, I said, I have a FaceTime scheduled with my sister. I said, let's call her and I'll tell you guys everything. And so my parents sat down on the couch. My sister was on like my mom's iPad, like with FaceTime. So she was like on the coffee table, like, <laughs> virtually, virtually there with us. Yeah. Yeah. And I like, I told them and I, I sat down across from everyone. And like for the first time I had ever said out loud or said to myself, I said, I think I'm in a domestic abuse relationship. I said, I think Matt's abusing me. And they were all just nodding. And they were like, yes, like, finally, you're saying it. Like, we know, you know. And so I told them everything. And then my sister recommended I call the National Domestic uh, Violence Hotline. And so I did. And I spoke to an advocate for two hours. And she was, like, incredible. And I'm so grateful for that. And she Mm -hmm. said, call the police. They will help with what's next. And so I called the police. And they said you know, we'll get started on this, go to the courthouse tomorrow morning, first thing and get an emergency order of protection. And so we did. So the next morning, so that night, my parents and I slept with hammers next to our heads. Cause we're like, if he comes over, like if he knows something's wrong, like we're in danger. Cause we don't know if he's going to kill us or not literally. Mm-hmm. And so the next morning, my mom and I drove to the courthouse and by like 1230, I had the emergency order of protection. The wow. judge like, as I was explaining everything to him, the judge called this one of the most egregious cases he had ever seen. And he said that his court officers were going to be at risk to serve his order of protection. But he said, I'm going to have them do it because you need it. He's one of the most dangerous men I've ever heard of. And he said, do you have plans to leave town? And I said, yes. And he said, make sure you follow through on that. And so directly from the courthouse, my dad came and picked my mom and I up from the courthouse. We left town. Wow. Yeah. Oh my God. So how long did you guys leave town for? A week. Wow. Okay. So once you had the protective order, how did you feel? 
better. I was like, okay, things are getting started. Okay. Obviously he was violating the order like left and right. Like, yeah. So what happened? Yeah. He was messaging me like, so the day that I escaped, well, I was at the courthouse. He had been texting me with his phone number. And okay. then starting in the afternoon for like the next week or so, he would text me all the time from different random numbers. Like, you know, yeah. when you get like, there's like these apps you can use that make these yeah. fake numbers. He was clearly using those. And then a couple of days after I escaped him, he texted me screenshots of like sexually explicit images that he had made me send him. And that yes. he had also taken of me without my consent and yeah. said, it would, first of all, his threat is fucking dumb. Like when I look back on it, I'm like, he is so illiterate. Like it's just embarrassing for him, but he was <laughs> threatening me. So he like sent me a screenshot of these, like, you know, pictures of me and said, it would be such a, it, it would be a shame if somehow these got leaked to your jobs and such. And that was like his threat. So when I was talking to the police officer about it, she was like, he said, your jobs, you have like multiple jobs. I was like, no, he's just like illiterate as fuck. Like he can't even get the threat right, but okay. You know? <laughs> yeah. But the police weren't able to do anything about that either, but mm. he had been threatening this stuff. And Man. you know, eventually I sent like this stuff to the police and he drove past my parents' house when I was at the police station and they arrested him. But, you know, the police had told him where I was, and that's why he was able to come looking for me, which is so messed up. That is so terrible. Yeah. Did you even know where your parents lived? He did, because we had gone there a couple times. But, like, they, so I had told almost no one where I was going except the police. And I said, hey, we're out of town here. I'll be back on this day so that I can come and interview with you guys, because they wanted that. So then Matt started texting me and he was like, I know you're going to be at my police police station on this day. Like, I'm going to come get my stuff in your apartment. So I texted the, my contact at the police department. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, she was, I was like, did you guys tell him that I'm back in town and like where I'm going to be? She was like, yeah, we told him we were hoping that if he knew you were back in town, he would want to come talk to us. I'm going to save that text forever. So I'm like, in case I need it for a rainy day, like. You texted me saying you told him my location when a judge ordered me to flee town. Wow. The, yeah. <laughs> the incompetence. Like, like the danger. There's just like, and that was like a woman too. And I'm like, I'm so sorry for you, honey. I'm like, the internalized misogyny to all of this. I'm like, God, I hope you figure that out. Like, <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. Like, wow. Wow. Yeah, I hope they never, I hope they learn from that because that is so, that is so not helpful. Like it's he's harmful. not going to talk like, to you. So, yeah. 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 These are the same police officers. First of all, that police station is like more enough than anything. And like, you know, I have reported that his dog attacked me and like was vicious and, and everything. So in their police report, they went to his house to see him and they met the dog. They were like, oh, the dog was so nice. We played with him. I'm like, do I show you the scars that I have from when he attacked me? What do you mean he was so friendly that like you were able to play with him? I'm like, you're investigating him for being a vicious dog. Like what? And it's also like that mentality of like, you see it so often with these celebrities that get called out for being like sexual predators. And like one person's like, well, it didn't happen to me. So right. 
And it's like, just because a dog didn't attack you doesn't mean it's not capable of attacking other people. Right. Like, what the fuck? Like, every police officer needs to be educated. Like, yeah. And the constant re-victimizing of people when these things happen and you do go to police, like, hoping for help. And they're just like, we're going to do this. Hope it's like, really like bringing you through it again. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh my God. So, it all needs reform. The criminal justice, yes. system, the police, like they don't, they need to learn because like the whole thing, like where the police didn't arrest him is because they said this whole thing is he said, she said, like, and I was like, that whole thing is messed up. But even the yeah. concept of he said, she said is misogynistic and it favors the man because mm-hmm. it says we have two sides of the story. We're going to side with the man. Mm-hmm. as opposed to the woman like automatically he said she said means the man wins oh yeah and that in itself is just like incredibly messed up totally but totally yeah okay so after he was arrested thankfully for going yeah. by your parents house because a lot of the yeah. time they're like he's not here it's this county it's this county it's this it's that it's like yes like always some bullshit so that somebody else has to deal with it or right. like so he was arrested. How long did he get put away for, for that? Was it like a uh, minute? He, he stayed in jail for the night. I That's heard good. he was posting on a Snapchat saying, I'm in the hospital from stress. Like, <laughs> well, you're okay. somewhere for your fucking psychoness, but okay. Um, <laughs> okay. But when he, like, he pleaded guilty to it in October of 2020, and he got a year of probation, 20 hours of community service mandated domestic violence um, counseling and mental health evaluation and he had to pay a thousand dollar fine which i found out recently because another one of his victims came forward to me he manipulated another victim into paying that thousand dollar fine <gasps> violating the order of protection against me he didn't even pay it himself wow wow yeah. wow 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 Ugh, that's so fucked up God. Like, um, I hate to be him, like, honestly, being, like, such a worm and, like, living yes. your life like this, like, where you just hurt people because it makes you feel better. Yes. Like, God, that is just an awful, like, existence. Like, I don't pity him, but you know what I mean? Like, that's yeah, just totally. gross. Totally. Yeah. Such a sad existence. What a waste yes. of life. Yeah. Yep. Um. So, okay. So, he gets out. He, so, what have you found out after that? So... Yeah. I mean, I'm sure it loads and loads, but okay. Just connected to this. You had someone else pay that. Like what was going on in your relationship that was happening outside of that? Like who was he seeing other women was obviously a girlfriend, his sister. Yeah. I, yeah. Which is like, that's like the weirdest, like cover. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, I've learned this stuff, like, you know, I'm pretty sure he never was in the military, obviously, yes. you know, learning about his sister, um, hold on, the dog because she's okay. barking at the cat now, come here, okay. want something, come here, um, but I found out that I'm fairly certain his dad doesn't exist, like, I'm fairly certain he doesn't even have oh. a dad, oh, because interesting. I think he created this, like, hero that yeah. like, was going to do anything he wanted because he didn't have a dad. I don't think he really has much of a family. Wow. Okay. Um, which makes sense. Um, he lies like all the time about everything. So it's hard to really know. Okay. But okay. So another victim came to you. How did she yeah. find you? Was it the TikToks? 
social media. She had found my article and then found my social oh, media. Okay. Okay. So when yes. did she date him? Like days after I escaped him. No. So I, I escaped him in June of 2020 and she was with him from July of 2020 through October of 2020. And is it the same story? Same thing? Like literally. Did? Yeah. Like she witnessed him abusing his dog. She. Oh, he abused his own dog. Yeah. Ugh. She saw him. Well, he said the stuff about his dad, how his dad was this FBI agent. He told her he had ties to the mafia that was going to kill her and stuff, which he had said to me as well. Oh, okay. The stuff about like his heart issues, you know, about his childhood and everything. And so it's like he had the script that he just uses. Yeah. Like all wow. the time. Same thing. Different woman, different person wow. to abuse. Creepy. How did she get out? She, um, he had begun to, like telling her that he, you know, needed this operation for his heart and mm-hmm. she is somehow like she was able to escape because she just kind of broke off contact with him. Mm-hmm. And she said like, she stayed in bed for like a month after because she was so worried that like he was going to die because of her and like people were going to come after her. And I'm like, I get it. Like for sure. I've had the same fears. Yeah. Yeah. The trauma, like you're just like, finally, like the shock I'm sure is right really hard to come down from right oh gosh after he was arrested was he still like stalking you in a sense was he still texting like trying not to find anymore. where you were not anymore not that I know of um, okay because I think his thing is that he like he wants to like have this narrative for himself that I'm the problem mm-hmm. I mean that I'm the one causing this drama like with me telling my story like, I know when the reporter interviewed him for my news article, like, he was super upset. He was like, why does this have to go on the news? Blah, blah, blah. And so mm-hmm. I know he was upset about that. I know he was upset about me filing a lawsuit. And, mm-hmm. you know, he wants to act like, oh, what was that? He, wa- he acts like he's the victim, obviously. Of and course. so that's kind of the route he's taken, mm-hmm. uh, which the whole world knows he is not the victim. But if that's what he has yeah. to tell himself to sleep at night. I mean, I don't know what else you would tell yourself because I would never sleep at night if I was him. Yeah, totally. Like yeah. you have to be completely mentally unstable to sleep at night knowing what yeah. you've done. Yeah. Thankfully, he left you alone. He's not like yep. harassing you. Uh, so yep. what steps did you take after that? I filed a lawsuit um, mm-hmm. almost a year ago now. And we're just finishing up court for that, luckily. Yeah. Um, and that's like super rewarding too, to be able to yeah. say my story in front of him. And like, we had court like two, almost three weeks ago now, mm-hmm. I think. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I just know he was like super upset about all of this stuff because I'm the one who called him here. I'm the one who didn't let this go. I'm the one who called him to task for his truth and like how like hold him accountable for the horror that he's done. Mm-hmm. And I know he was upset about it. And it's like, well, get more upset because you're about to owe me a lot of money. So <laughs> congratulations, by the way, because I'm excited like, about it. Yeah. So often I feel like these scumbags like go right under the radar and are able yes. to manipulate, manipulate their way out of everything. Yes. Which, yeah. Uh, and so you, uh, you explained in one of your videos, he mm-hmm. actually got something put on his record. Was that what it um, was? It will be. So this judgment okay. that we're going to have against him, the judge is still deciding how much money he's going to owe me, but okay. it will forever be on his record, like for 
if he applies for jobs, they'll see that he has this judgment against him. If he ever wants to like apply for a house or whatever, like I don't know that he would be able to because this is going to kill his credit. It's already mm. probably pretty shitty. Um, yeah. But they're going to be able to see that it's a judgment for torture. And so he'll mm. never be able to file a bankruptcy for it. So even if a judge gave us like $100,000 or something, like uh-huh. people are going to be able to see and he will never be able to get rid of it because it's for torture. <sighs> That is so like, fuck yeah. Like you're just like fists in the air. Like, yes. And I like, I was just talking about this with my therapist the other day because I was saying that I finally at this point where I'm like accepting that I don't want to pursue criminal charges anymore. And I'm like, this is like this whole thing. Um, I just posted a YouTube video about it actually today. So I was like, I was like nervous to talk about this and being like, I fought for this so much. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what am I going to do if I'm not pressing, you know, pursuing criminal charges? And then I was like telling my therapist, I would rather have won this civil case than Mm -hmm. have him go to jail. And I say that because he went to jail before for domestic battery and he is still out here living his life. There's Mm -hmm. no repercussions at at all. He's still able Mm -hmm. to get jobs, all of this stuff. It means nothing. But with a civil case, financially, he's fucked. Like, yeah, my attorney said he's going to have to live in poverty for the rest of his life. Because if he ever has a bank account, we can find it and freeze it. You know, you know, this credit against him, like if he has a job, we'll be able to garnish his wages and stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I feel like that's going to have a greater impact on him than Mm -hmm. if he went to jail and then three, you know, a couple years later, he's able to just live his life again. Yeah. This stays with him. Yeah. Mentally, he's able to be like, whatever. Like if you get him on criminal charges for that, it doesn't hurt him as much right. as like this hurts him yes, every day. Like, it hurts him. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm assuming you've moved and like, do you feel like after seeing him, like, how is that? Do you feel safe? Do you feel? <laughs> I do. <laughs> Like, you have guard dogs. That's the bark for Cheerios. They're like, we know how to get mom to do this for us. <laughs> oh um, but I, so when we had court, he didn't even have his like camera on. Like he had his freaking camera facing the ceiling. So I haven't like seen him, which was okay. fine by me. Yeah, yeah, that um, must have really like been easier to say everything too. Yeah, knowing he was hearing yeah. you, but you didn't have to visually see him. Yeah, and like there were times that he muted the camera, like when we were testifying, and I'm like, I'm sure he's behind the camera, being like, oh, there's blah, 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 oh. Blah. <laughs> like, you're I'm probably sure. right. You're probably yeah. right. But it's like go off. <sighs> yeah. Like we're still here. I called you here, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel good just knowing like. I know that I have done a lot to call him to task and I know like with me having my story out there and all these like supporters I have on TikTok and stuff and Mm -hmm. a lot of them have messaged him on social media and like told him what they think about killing how he's killed dogs and stuff and he has uh blocked people from being able to message him on social media which to me tells him that like those messages like really get to him yeah you know and like Mm -hmm. he really doesn't like it and so those little things I'm like those are like that's karma coming after him and those are like little wins for me you know Mm -hmm, that for sure the world knows is true and he's being held accountable in like any way possible 
Yeah, for sure. Some other things that came out, you said, um, so how did you find out about the girlfriend? Do you know if they're still together or what's going on with that? That he lived with? I have no idea. He told the okay. court he doesn't live in Midlothian anymore. Oh, okay. Which was a lie because then oh. he said, no, just send it to that address. I'll get it. And we're like, mm. <laughs> incapable okay, yeah. of telling a truth. Okay. Yeah. Or even a lie because he just like, yeah his lies are found out in seconds (laughs) yes but the police had found out that um his sister was like it was someone he was in a romantic relationship with which is like they're like it wasn't a sister thing it was a romantic relationship and I'm like that's gross like that's really I'm sure everything made sense again (laughs) yes yeah I'm like oh I knew it like for sure yeah yeah deep down yeah yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just feel like you got the, like the heck yeah, like ending that you deserved and the empowerment, yeah. like there are so many stories that are just so horrific and so many people yeah. go through so many things, but I feel like the silver lining, just the empowerment that you got for standing up yeah. for yourself at this point, I can yeah. see you like just being like, like you just, I, I feel like one, everyone's so proud of you, but you feel proud of yourself. I can see that in you. And to go from that version of yourself to this, I feel like Mm -hmm. there's no looking back. Like no one will ever treat you poorly ever again. Yes. And so, you know, I told you that I'm looking to start dating again. So I'm like, finally at the point. Yeah. I was like on a dating app the other week and I was telling my therapist, I'm like, I don't know about dating apps and stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I met this guy and like the vibes weren't great, but I was like, whatever, I'm bored. I'm like, this is harmless. Mm-hmm. Just talk. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. And so anyway, so the other day, like he kept talking about wanting to meet with me and I'm like, buddy, like this is never going to happen. I'm truly bored. <laughs> but anyway, so he had sent me these like messages the other day saying like, telling me what my career should be saying I'm a passenger in the seat, you know, of my own life, that I'm, I have so much potential, I'm not fulfilling, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, that's it. And yeah. I was telling my therapist about it. And I was like, that was like a huge win for me to not be like sucked in and be like, wait, what do you mean? Like, totally tell me about myself. Like, I don't know, you know what I mean? To just be like, fuck you. Like, yeah, <laughs> you're stuck right off. Like you have, thank you, you so have much. some things to, to work through, buddy. Totally. Like, that's it's just them. Just, yeah. Projecting. Right. Totally. That's exactly what I said. I'm like, it literally sounds like something that maybe your therapist sent to you the night before. I don't know if you have a therapist, but I hope you do. But I was like, that was yes. such a win because it's like, for me knowing that like, because it's intimidating going back to dating about like, what if this happens again? And it's like, no, but it won't because like these kinds of experiences remind me like I am so powerful and not the same person. And yeah. I'm so like appreciative of that. Totally. And these are like little tests and like, yes. you're like, uh, no, thank you. I yeah. will be moving on. Thank you so much. Go deal with your <laughs> issues, buddy. <laughs> Good luck. Yes, totally. There, yeah. he is. Of but yeah, those issues are not yours, and yes. they can move right along. Yeah, it's wow. like have fun staying single too, because I hope yeah, else goes for that. God, I know, I know. Yeah, there's so many losers. We when I was online dating, I like to think we were not the losers, but other people. Yeah. <laughs> we are yeah, the gems like, of the app. <laughs> I think that's so true. Like you guys, yeah. like you're blessed to talk to us. Like yes, you know it. exactly. Yeah. Like I just made your day better. You're welcome. <laughs> 
but right like you're welcome for meeting me like yes oh my gosh that's the energy for 2022 you're welcome for meeting me yes (laughs) I love I love that (laughs) um gosh I'm like so excited for you to meet people with this new version of you because it's like I'm so excited too because I just feel like you are so empowered, so like learning about yourself and you are just going to find someone that's going to be like only add to your life and not take yeah. anything. And even though that guy sucked, I'm glad that you're not like discouraged. It was just like yeah. a tiny test and you freaking passed and you're moving yep. on. Yep. Yeah. Ugh. I like one of my things and I don't know how to like when I was starting to date someone, I'm like, how do you bring this up? I like, don't want to date someone who's not in therapy or hasn't been through therapy. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for real, because mm-hmm. I'm like, I've worked so hard. That was a resentment that I had in my four-year relationship as I was in therapy the whole time and he wasn't doing anything. Yeah. And I'm like, that's something that I resented. But yeah. it's like, how do you also bring that up? Like, I was joking with my friend the other night. Like, if I'm talking to a guy and he says something, I could just be like, ha ha, that's so funny. So what'd your therapist say about that? That's almost like asking like, so what does your girlfriend think? You, oh, I don't have a girlfriend. <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. getting that <laughs> answer. Say, oh, my therapist. How do you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, um, I feel like there is a way of like on your profile, maybe being like, do you value mental health? Like that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Like mental health is something that you value. And I mean, listen, you're going to really want to curb toward liberal men. (laughs) Like I feel like conservative men are a lot like boomers I've discovered. Um, But yeah, I do feel like even if men don't go to therapy, uh, valuing mental health is a good step. Yes. Then, you know, they're open and You know, because I do feel like people that are like, oh, whatever. And I'm like, well, what the fuck do you do when you like have a heart attack? Like, do you value the doctor then? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Because that's the same shit. Your brain is broken and you need to see someone. Right. (laughs) My God. Imagine trying to do all this on your own. Like, that sounds miserable. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, I cannot imagine. I truly cannot imagine my life without a therapist. Because right. it's such a, because we see the world in a different way or like yes. life is different for us because of it. Yes. And simply talking, communicating, talking about your feelings, talking about anything. Like I truly, you're so right. I truly don't know what I would do if I was with someone that like didn't. Yeah. Because like, what, what are you bottling up? what's going on in there? (laughs) Right. Especially because I'm like, everyone in my immediate family is in therapy. All of my friends in my close circle are all therapy. My close friend coworkers are in therapy. So I'm like, if Mm -hmm. I have that in all of these other areas of my life, I want a significant other who also goes to therapy. Yeah. Cause like, I'm going to have shit that you're going to need to deal with too. Like I'm not perfect. Like totally (laughs) good for you too. (laughs) And then add some couples therapy in there. Let's just layer it up. (laughs) Let's do all of it. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I don't want to take up any more of your Sunday, but I truly have yeah. like, it's so weird. Cause I always have the best time. Like I just had the best time talking to you, even though yeah. it was not the most horrific 
topic ever. Yes. And I'm so sorry for everything you've gone through. Yeah. I, I truly loved meeting you and just like Same. having this convo. And I'm so excited for your future. Like I am so excited for everything you're about to do. And I'm excited. I'll, start, I'll be posting about it on TikTok, I'm sure. Like dating. Oh yeah. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh my gosh. I can't wait. I truly yes. like I will continue to pretend we are best friends through TikTok. I will just Please. like yes. I will be watching <laughs> as if I am there. And Please. gosh. And I will make sure to put do you want me to put your TikTok in the comments of or the description of the episode? Sure. Okay, I'll add your TikTok and make sure that people find you on TikTok. Yeah. Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to plug? Like, the, I guess I can put the article if you want to. Sure, you can. Okay. Or like my YouTube, I just started posting. Oh, yeah, you were. I don't know how I'm going to be doing that more, but that's another yeah. thing that I have. Like, <laughs> yeah, good for you. So, what do, yeah. what do you want out of your YouTube? I don't know, just more like lengthy because sometimes with TikTok, it's hard to like give explanations about things within okay. like. You know, so like this morning I posted like an explanation of the whole lawsuit from like when we filed to like court a couple weeks ago. Oh, okay. Um, and explaining all the stuff and like explaining kind of how Matt was reacting throughout court, which I hadn't really posted about TikToks and stuff. Okay. And so I think this is more of like an in-depth, like yeah, you're really also able hard to dive like in. TikToks. You can just take your phone and it's like 30 seconds and I'm done and I post it. But like with YouTube, you have to like film it and edit it and everything. And so it's <sighs> a lot more yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. But, but listen, monetary gain over there. I heard, yeah. <laughs> so I we'll keep see. seeing videos of like people. I don't even like use TikTok to get money or make money yeah. or do anything. But yeah. everybody complaining about how like they need to go to YouTube. I'm like, why did I get on this side of TikTok? Like, <laughs> I know. I've been seeing that too. So I'm like, okay, well, maybe I will try YouTube. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, girl, make money off of your life now. Like, yeah, do whatever. Because that's like, yeah the best way to make money if you like are comfortable telling your story and yeah. it's like literally making money off talking about yourself like that's what like a joy. dream that's like what people yeah, yeah. That's what millionaires do I can't believe it that's how much it does like for real that's so true like, God, I'm trying to buy like a friggin' McDonald's burger or something. Like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Just exactly. Like, at my groceries, right. anything. God. Like, yes, totally. Yes. Okay. Well, I will also link your YouTube so people can find that. And I will also Thank go you. and follow you because Thank I'm very you. interested in longer length story times. Yes. And man, yeah, I have nothing else to say. <laughs> Thank you. This was like fun. Like you said, like the topic is like, you know, Terrible. dark, but I really enjoyed yeah. it. So thank you for having me. Oh, good. I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Yeah. All right, well, I hope you have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. And- you too. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.